Hello and welcome to episode three of Airmic Talks, your fortnightly podcast from the UK's Risk and Insurance Management Association. Firstly, I would like to say I hope you are all keeping safe, healthy and operating as best you can in these extremely challenging times. As with all of Airmic's activities to be expanded upon in a moment by Julia Graham, I am now recording all of our podcast content remotely for the foreseeable future. So please do bear with us if you notice any drop in sound quality. So while episode two was all about the initial crisis response to the coronavirus pandemic, this time we look a bit more at the insurance considerations and questions arising. I discussed all of this with Felix Ukebu, Risk Management Coverage Leader at Marsh. But first, we also caught up with Julia Graham, Airmix Deputy CEO and Technical Director, on the steps the association is taking to ensure we continue providing valuable content and services to our members in these extraordinary times. I've never answered the questions in a straightforward way, Richard, as you know, and I, I think I've got two answers rather than one primary answer. And the first one um, is I hope everybody's well, um, they're keeping well, and um, my wish is that they look after themselves because if you're not fit and well, then we're not able to serve the people that we would like to serve and we're not able to be part of our family. So. Uh, the first one is take care, take, families take care, and I hope your colleagues are well. My second and more uh, message about business really splits into two with a message about insurance and a message about risk management. Um, on the insurance side of things, I think my simplest advice is to follow the advice that the FCA published on the 25th of March, which they updated on the 25th of March, which said, go and talk to your insurance broker. Covers associated with COVID-19 are different. There is no blueprint, for example, as to what the cover is and what the extension of cover is or might be on a business interruption policy. So one of the first ports of call that you need to make is, is go and talk to your broking advisors. And if you've got a law firm that you typically use, go and take their advice as well. We have had some really generous offers of law firm partners of Airmic willing to give advice. For example, Herbert Smith Freehills have, have offered Airmic members uh, a couple of hours of initial advice, which I think is incredibly generous of them. And again, is in response to the fact that that's probably a good thing to do. Um, secondly, on, in terms of risk management, we really do live in extraordinary times and ordinary approaches are probably therefore not very fit for purpose. So rather than fiddle with what you may already have, I think this is probably a time to do some extraordinary um, discussions with your colleagues and your peers, um, to bring them together, to exercise some of what we've been saying about collaboration and truly demonstrate that by taking an approach across your organization to look at what the key scenarios are that you really need to have in place to keep you going. Um, this is not a time when you fiddle on the edges. Um, and therefore, one of, the, one of the main things as an organisation you need to have in place to keep you viable and to keep you going. And I think the risk manager can play a very important part 
in bringing that information together. I think that's, that's really useful for people to hear. And we're going to hear more about the, the details on technical details in a moment from our friends at Marsh in terms of insurance coverage, particularly. Regarding AirMIC and how its operations are continuing, we're moving to what we're calling a, a virtual association for the time being, at least. So can you just run us through what those plans are and what our virtual association currently looks like? Well, we have a business continuity plan and uh, we've been practicing what we preach to other people. So we've invoked our business continuity plan and we're following that. Uh, we have a senior leadership team um, that meets every day at 8.30 um, for half an hour to an hour to talk us through what the actions are and priorities are um, for the next 24 to 48 hours. And uh, we've been keeping that going and recording that in an ongoing basis and now for a couple of weeks. Um, one of the first things we did was that we decided um, in advance of being um, compelled to do so, we closed the physical door to the AirMIC office on Tuesday the 17th of March. And from that day, uh, we distributed ourselves off to our homes and we are now running AirMIC as a virtual association. And we're open for business and we're there to support our members and to work with our partners, uh, not quite in the same way that we did before, but with some new innovative uses of uh, media and technology, um, keeping the AirMIC office, as I've said, open for virtual business. Um, we've been very busy converting many of the things that we do, which often involve face-to-face -face meetings and in a perfect world should continue to involve face-to-face -face meetings. But in the current circumstances, for example, our EMIC Academy program, our special interest group meetings, our committee meetings are all turning virtual. And we've made a huge amount of progress in the past week um, since we've been working virtually to do just that. And we are now open for business digitally and we're gradually writing out to all of the people who take part in those different activities to share with them how we're going about things. Uh, and to make sure, which I think is really important, that our members feel connected and engaged. So one of the things that we've started to do in addition to our normal programme is that every Monday for the foreseeable future, and we started this on Monday, the 23rd of March, we're running a new series of webinars at 10 o'clock on a Monday called Airmic Live. And those webinars, which we've planned out so far for the next eight to 12 weeks, will all have a flavor associated with COVID-19. Some risk, some insurance, some other subjects, but topics that we think are of interest to our members will keep us connected and keep us informed. Fantastic, Julia. I think the webinar series is a really good idea. And I think having that time uh, every Monday in the in the calendar for people will be uh, hopefully become part of habit to join uh, particularly when they're particularly relevant topics so uh, we've what, what kind of topics have we got coming up what we've got already planned Julia well I'll give you a flavor for the next three um, so on uh, Monday the 30th of March we're running a session with Marsh and we're following the advice of the FCA and we're consulting the broker. So uh, in our advertisement for that webinar, which has now gone out and people are signing up for it, um, we're going to ask Marsh through a number of different lenses, um, what are people saying to you? What do you think they should be doing? And we're taking their advice. The following Monday, April the 6th, we have Willis Towers Watson talking to our members about wellness mm. and also 
about employee benefits. Um, there's some interesting reports that Wallace have produced that look at international benefits. And of course, it's very rare that you have a benefits issue that can affect the, the world. Uh, and that's what we've got with the pandemic. And I think it's very interesting some of the work that they've been done been doing and we would like to share that with our members as well so that's a bit of a two-pronged meeting well-being and employee benefits uh, the following monday is easter so we're going to give people an easter holiday but then we come back into ermic life business and we're running a webinar on monday the 20th of april which is going to be hosted by aeon now this is a little bit radical because what we're going to be talking about is well, what do we think we're going to be returning to? Um, is it going to be returning to business as usual? Are we going to be talking about bounce back ability, that wonderful experience? Are we going to bounce back to where we came from? Or are we going to see a radical change in the world and therefore things will not be quite the same as they were before the pandemic hit us? And if that's the case, will risk management be the same? Or are we going to find some step changes in the way that organisations and our members go about managing risk and insurance? So that one's going to be a discussion. And I think that will be a really interesting topic to have uh, roughly a month from now. Subjects beyond that will include subjects like uh, information security, cyber, crisis management. Uh, tune in and we'll be publishing those webinars. Um, do look out for them. But the one thing that is certain on that Monday morning, 10 o'clock, be there. Fantastic, Julia. Excellent initiative. Uh, and looking forward to uh, tuning into all of those upcoming webinars. So, Julia, thank you for joining me from, from your house and from my house. Thank you for joining me on this latest edition of Airmit Talks. Thank you very much indeed, Richard. And take care as well. Well, Julia mentioned the Airmic Live webinar series there that are being hosted every Monday from 10 a.m. If you visit airmic.com forward slash airmic hyphen live hyphen webinars, then you'll be able to view the upcoming topics and access the previous recordings as well. We also have an Airmic coronavirus resource page on the website. This is where the Airmic team is collating useful links and documents and PDFs regarding all kinds of areas relevant to risk and insurance professionals. As with the webinar link, I will put that in this episode description, so do check it out there. Well, we are now going to hear from Felix Ukebu, Risk Management Coverage Leader at Marsh. He began by outlining some of the key considerations for insurance managers to consider at this stage in responding to COVID-19 disruption. COVID-19 disruption is undoubtedly the biggest global health concern for our generation. Individuals within any business, within any sector, can contract coronavirus, so therefore a key consideration is the effective protection of all employees. At this stage, most businesses will have already developed employee health procedures to minimise the potential transmission of coronavirus to other people, including employees, their families and their customers. Businesses should continue to monitor guidance and updates from public health agencies, governments and industry groups. And they should use this information to determine their procedure, including notifications to health authorities and guidance to employees and other stakeholders. What I've just said is important, of course, from a health and safety standpoint, but it's also important from an insurable risk standpoint. Insurance risk managers will have duties to their employees, which if not met, could lead to an employer's liability claim. And companies also have duties of care to, their, to the public at large. Again, if these duties are not adhered to, 
and this leads to a claim against the company, and this may lead to a public liability claim. Secondly, there are many indications that this COVID-19 outbreak will lead to a global economic recession, with companies across many industries being negatively affected to the extent that they are no longer a viable business concern. With this in mind, it is vitally important all individuals within a given business including the Insurance Risk Management Department, to review and exercise and update or otherwise adjust their response plans, including crisis management plans, crisis communication plans, and their business continuity plans generally. Thirdly, any policy deadlines for the notification of claims, losses, or circumstances which may lead to claims should still be met. The extent of a loss may be unclear at this stage, So our insurance risk managers should consider their specific insurance claims notification procedures, including any time limits, and consider notifying all possible policies. Many insurance policies require a notification of a loss when an individual or a group of individuals become aware of the circumstances which may lead to a loss. This group of individuals may be the legal department, the insurance risk management department, or the C-suite. Insurance managers must ensure that communication channels between their different departments remain as fluid as possible, despite the logistical disruption of quarantine restrictions and remote working, which has been necessitated by COVID-19 disruption. So that's a really good outline, Felix, for what the insurance managers should be considering and the processes they need to be going through as they tackle potential claims arising from COVID-19. So so what kind of questions and conversations are you already beginning to have with, with clients? Well, the main question that we're receiving from our clients over the last uh, few months is, what cover do I have for coronavirus? Unfortunately, there's not an easy answer to this. Um, The answer is quite long, but um, and it stretches various policy wordings. The main concern for most of our clients is their first party exposure to this in terms of business interruption. And there's potentially cover under a property damage and business interruption policy. And this coverage could extend to both the cleanup costs following discovery of coronavirus itself and business interruption following an occurrence of an infectious disease at the policyholder's premises. Of course, much depends on the precise drafting of the wording and the factual circumstances of the loss. A follow-up question that we're being asked um, regularly from our clients is, if the government shuts down business, can I automatically claim on my business interruption policy? And the answer to that is, well, it's possible, depending on the precise circumstances of the shutdown and the particular wording of our policyholders' infectious disease extension within their property damage and business interruption policy, if they have this extension. There are many variations of the infectious disease extension within a business interruption policy, and many will only provide cover in the event that the shutdown of the policyholders' business was by a competent authority, and this shutdown was as a consequence of a discovery of an infectious disease at the policyholders' own premises. Though the particular wording must be carefully considered, a government shutdown of a large area, such as the whole of Italy or the whole of the UK, for example, which is not as a consequence of a specific discovery of an infectious disease at our policyholders' location or premises, is unlikely to be insured by most property damage and business interruption policies. And to that end, many clients ask the follow-up question of, could we have bought such cover, infectious disease cover, in the open market? And the answer to that question is yes. 
Um, of course, the exact wording of a business interruption extension varies widely, um, but we must point out that the sublimits which insurers often provide for infectious disease cover is typically relatively low and is really in excess of £2.5 million for the largest property and business interruption policies. Some clients have asked us the question, will there be cover for similar future events? And with that in mind, we have already seen insurers withdraw or severely restrict their infectious disease cover for renewing insurance programmes. However, broadly speaking, most insurers are still providing infectious disease cover, albeit with new exclusions for coronavirus. This, of course, may change depending on the eventual scale of insured losses due to coronavirus. But at this point in time, the coverage is still available with relatively low supplements. In terms of other policies which could respond to uh, coronavirus, um, another policy which would, would respond is your public liability or employer's liability policy wordings. And these will respond to third party claims. So a public liability policy provides cover for claims made against a policyholder by third parties. To the extent that the third party could demonstrate that they had contracted the disease as a direct result of negligence or breach of duty on the part of the policyholder, then the policy would respond. In terms of an employer's liability claim, if the employee claims that any contracted coronavirus was as a direct result of their employment with our policyholder, then this policy could respond to coronavirus as far as our policyholder has a legal liability. So what uh, other existing insurance policies Felix might respond in the, in the event of a pandemic? That's a good question. And as I mentioned, there's certain property damage and business disruption policies which would respond in limited ways to uh, this pandemic. Um, of course, however, the scope of cover is quite limited, but few insurers are actually offering standalone pandemic insurance coverage to transfer non-physical damage losses, such as business interruption following coronavirus, into the insurance market. The limited options that are available can be expensive and include significant attachment points and co-insurance. Premium pricing is driven by modelling, which can also be used to set the parameters of any self-insured retentions. These policies are still available, but if purchased right now would not cover the current outbreak. These policies could not operate in an after-the-event manner. Even a captive used to transfer such risk would find it difficult from a regulatory perspective to provide cover for COVID-19 retrospectively, as the captive must operate as if it is a commercial insurance company to a large degree. So lastly, Felix, one of the big issues for a lot of Airbit members right now is cash flow and accessing cash. Is there going to be room, do you think, for insurers to be better at considering options such as return premiums and speedier claim settlement, particularly for non-COVID-19 claims? Marshall exploring options and mechanisms to help our clients cash flow in terms of premiums for their renewals, be it premium adjustment models, which only require a deposit premium upfront and installment premiums thereafter, which would be required depending on how the business is performing financially. Uh, Marshall also putting on a lot of pressure to insurers in order to provide quicker claim settlements uh, for non-COVID-19 related claims, especially claims which relate to property damage and additional increased cost of working or extra expense. And we appreciate that 
Uh, such claims can be um, adjusted relatively quickly, and therefore the claim settlement should be provided quickly also in order to help our clients' cash flow. Thank you, Felix. Well, I do know of at least one example of a, of a large AirMIT member which is having serious disruption to their business. And uh, we, we have been told by them that the, their insurers are actually working with them, particularly on their upcoming renewals, 1st of April renewals, which uh, they're having obviously quickly changing business forecasts and premiums are being adjusted as they go along. So we are seeing some flexibility from the insurance market. And obviously, we, we hope that will continue in, in more cases. Well, that is all we have time for this time around. Please do remember to check out the new AirMic Live webinar series every Monday and visit our coronavirus resource page. Links to both of these are in the episode description. Do keep safe and healthy and do not hesitate to get in touch with the AirMic team if you have any questions. Music.